Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a legal podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. And this is your SCOTUS sneak peek for the week of Monday, November 4th. We have six interesting arguments on a wide variety of issues. Let's just jump right into it, Kimberly. What do you say? Well, uh, to kick off the November sitting, the justices are going to hear Barton versus Barr. Now, this is one of several immigration cases that the court will hear this term. The court is pretty immigration heavy Mm -hmm. with its docket. This one concerns lawful permanent residents who were subsequently convicted of a crime. And at issue is this really technical stop time rule and discretionary relief for individuals who have lived in the United States for a long time. Now, the rule is triggered by a conviction, which stops the accumulation of the seven-year residency period needed to be eligible for relief from deportation. But the circuits are split on when a conviction can be triggered. So here, there was a relatively early trigger that prohibited a Jamaican citizen, Andre Barton, uh, from obtaining discretionary relief because he felt just a couple of months shy. And this is going to be important for the more than 13 million lawful permanent residents wow. who are in the country. Um, but it also takes on higher stakes uh, considering the current enforcement environment. All right. So that's a good one to start off the week. And then and for the second argument, on Monday, we have Kansas against Glover. It's the third case in the series of Kansas cases in what will has been referred to as the Kansas term on uh, this podcast. <laughs> By us only. Probably nowhere else yeah. uh, ever again. Kansas versus Glover sounds pretty familiar. I feel like I've heard that before somewhere. Where? Like on our, on our term preview episode? Exactly. Oh, man. I was going to plug that one at the end of this. but So that's a preview to the plug for it at the end of this part of the sneak peek. So. I've got I to gotta keep you on your toes. Okay. So... The question here, you're sitting down, You ever do you drive a car, Kimberly? Mm, I mean, it really depends on, on your definition of drive. Okay. Well, if you drive a car, if anyone's driving a car out there, this, this could be the case for you, Cause especially if you ever drive a car that's registered to someone else, and maybe they have some license issues. The question is, can cops pull over a car just because the car's registered owner's driver's license is revoked? So in this case, Charles Glover who had his license revoked. He was driving in Kansas. A state police officer pulled over the car, but only based on the information that the officer ran the license plate, saw that the registered owner's license was revoked, then pulled the car over. The officer didn't try to confirm that it was Glover or anything like that. So Glover filed a motion to suppress, saying that the officer needed more information than that under the Fourth Amendment. And so the Supreme Court's going to take up the case to decide whether cops need more information than that or whether just the fact of a license revocation to the registered owner is enough. And so state officials say that public safety is at stake. Glover and outside groups supporting him say that's actually not true and that the issue is particularly important in poor and minority communities where the rate of license suspension is higher and people are more likely to use someone else's car. And as we alluded to, that this is a case that's being argued by veteran Supreme Court advocate Sarah Harrington on Glover's behalf, and she helped us break down the case a little more in our term preview episode. So make sure to listen to that one too if you haven't yet. 
Well, now we're on to day two of the November sitting where the justices will start their day with Sitco Asphalt Refinery Company versus Friscotti Shipping. And this is a maritime case that involves over $143 million in cleanup costs for a 2004 oil spill. And it involves what the duty a terminal or dock owner owes to incoming vessels with regard to the, quote, safe berth. So here, Sitco was found strictly liable when a submerged anchor pierced a tanker spilling some 263,000 gallons of oil into the Delaware River. It's not good. It wasn't. But there's a circuit split on whether or not terminal owners have such a high duty or whether or not it's a lower duty to incoming vessels. Now, this is one of those cases where I think that um, the answer that the justices ultimately come up with is not as important as the fact that they just come up with an answer that's consistent across the country. And that way, the parties can really plan um, around the default rule accordingly. All right. And so the the second case of the day also sort of takes place on the high seas, if you will. The second argument, or should I say argument. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Allen against Cooper. This is a copyright case involving Blackbeard's pirate ship. And the question is whether states are immune from copyright infringement suits. What happened was a videographer named Rick Allen, he sued North Carolina for infringement for using his footage of the shipwrecked Queen Anne's Revenge off the coast of the state. North Carolina says it's immune from suit, and so the justices will have to sort out a sort of tricky constitutional argument involving the 11th Amendment about state sovereignty in the context of federal copyright law. So we'll see if the justices let Allen go ahead with his suit or whether they make him walk the plank. Wow. 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 That's it. I'm done. Just kidding. We got one more day. <laughs> On to the third day, uh, the final day of the week where the justices will kick off the day with County of Maui versus Hawaii Wildlife Foundation. And this is a Clean Water Act case uh, involving permitting requirements that all parties agree are triggered whenever pollutants are discharged directly into water. So a river, a lake, an ocean. The question here is whether or not parties need to get a permit whenever they discharge pollutants into groundwater, which eventually makes its way into one of these bodies of water. Now, the facility here, as well as business groups, say that environmental groups want to expand the Clean Water Act uh, without actually going through Congress. Uh, On the flip side, environmental groups say that this would actually be a huge exemption, um, kind of a license to pollute for businesses. Um, They say, you know, an issue here was uh, a coral reef that was devastated in in Maui. So the Trump administration has weighed in against the environmental groups, and they say that groundwater is regulated by other laws, um, like safe drinking laws, and not by the Clean Water Act. Mm -hmm. And that comes at the same time that the administration is really trying to cut back on the applications of the Clean Water Act. So we'll see um, what the Supreme Court says here, if it helps in that effort. It's kind of an interesting thing about this case is that the parties are trying to settle this case as a grant of Supreme Court review often hastens. Um, But there's a disagreement about who can do that, uh, the county council or the mayor. So it looks like this argument will go ahead, but we may not get an answer um, if they're able to sort this out beforehand. But don't worry, there are a lot of other cases with this issue on the court's docket. All right. Well, we'll be looking to see what happens with that one. And rounding out the week... 
on the second argument of Wednesday, November 6th, we have Retirement Plans Committee of IBM against gender. And so this case deals with the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, better known as ERISA, if it's known to you at all. Uh, That's the law that requires fiduciaries of retirement plans to manage the plan's assets prudently. And so this case asks what an ERISA plaintiff has to show in their complaint in order for a case involving employer stock in a retirement plan to go forward. What happened here was there was a lawsuit by IBM employees alleging that the Retirement Plan Committee of IBM kept investing retirement plan funds in IBM stock, even though they knew that the company's reported value was artificially inflated. That's what the lawsuit alleged. Uh, but there's this, uh, there's this 2014 Supreme Court case called Dudenhofer, which made these types of claims somewhat difficult to bring, quite difficult, actually. And in that 2014 case, uh, the court said that for a suit to move forward for breach of fiduciary duty of prudence, as it's called, uh, based on inside information, a plaintiff needs to plausibly allege that a proposed alternative action would not have done more harm than good. So what happened here was that uh, IBM lost, uh, IBM Retirement Plan Committee lost in the appeals court, uh, but IBM, the retirement plan, is saying that the lower court ruling applied too lenient a standard in letting this suit to go forward. So what we have here is a case where the Supreme Court can say something about how much proof plaintiffs need to bring in these situations in order to let their suits move forward. Well, that's it. Those are the six arguments that the court will hear during uh, the kickoff week of the November sitting. Until then, you can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. As always, thanks so much for listening. Yar. <sighs> Some days are harder than others. <laughs> You probably have a lot of questions about the environment. Well, so do we. Are we talking like radioactive chemicals? Is this becoming sort of irrelevant if the U.S. doesn't participate in this? What's going on here? How far did the Trump administration go? And is mining really better down where it's wetter? Climate change, chemicals, water pollution, you name it. If it's in the environment, we're talking about it. Listen to Bloomberg Environment's official podcast, Parts Per Billion, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, get up-to-the-minute reporting at our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com.